This is Startup Renegades, a raw conversation with founders, entrepreneurs, and the unicorns among us who have taken their idea and turned it into a thriving, profitable brand. I'm your host, Shauna Armitage, and my work as a fractional marketing director has led me to connect with dozens and dozens of founders in all stages of their startup journeys. Whether they're bootstrapping or fundraising or have capital on hand, there's one big question founders always ask, how do I grow this thing? On Startup Renegades, we'll explore how they did it, and you'll walk away with actionable steps you can take on your own journey to scalable growth. Hey everyone, today I'm going to introduce you to Arjun Rai. Arjun Rai is a New York City-based entrepreneur. And let me tell you, when I say that this man is New York City-based, he is New York City's biggest fan. And I'm, I'm digging it. I'm really digging his energy. He's on a mission to support small businesses with the power of visualized data science and artificial intelligence for digital marketing at HelloWoofy.com. When we're talking about artificial intelligence in digital marketing, the way that Arjun is doing this is really interesting. And his goal is really to support small businesses as the underdogs because they don't have the time and the resources that their big competitors have. And he has built this platform. He's built this tool to support them in some really interesting ways. He's a firm believer that every small business should have an unfair advantage to compete against unlimited marketing budgets. He has raised from professional investors and personally invested nearly half a million in pre-seed VC funding, as well as obtained corporate partners, which include Fortune 500 companies like Microsoft and Google, which has resulted in over $135,000 in strategic resources. Arjun has been networking for years. He loves his entrepreneur community, and it really shows in everything that he does. He has an amazing story. I know that you're going to love to hear it. I loved being able to chat with him today, and I'm going to share it with you right now. So let's listen in. Arjun Rai, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hello from New York City, which in my opinion is the best city on earth. But I mean, (laughs) you can disagree with me all you want. But uh, uh, hello from Silicon Alley, as we say it here in New York. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, we've already heard some of the taxis in the background, and that's just like an occupational hazard when you do work (laughs) in New York, right? Mm -hmm. All right. So we'll be on the lookout for that. Let's start from the beginning. You know, what did you go to college for? What did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, gosh. It went from architect to astronaut to back-end engineer to entrepreneur. And I guess I'm still trying to figure out. But I've taken elements of all of that aspirations, all those aspirations in from an artistic standpoint, from a programming standpoint, product design standpoint, and kind of build, I guess, a combination of everything in terms of what I do today as the founder of HelloWoofy.com. I love it. Yeah. Where did I go to school? Well, I'm assuming you're talking about college. I went to New York Institute of Technology. Yeah. But I barely showed up for classes. I think I had like a 60, 65% absence rate. But I, 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 I was you paying for college and not showing up. What are you doing with yourself? Well, I am blessed to have had three years of full ride, um, one initially given and then two more years added on in terms of scholarships. But when you're in the, in the greatest city on earth, New York City, you have to spend your time at conferences, meetups, investor dinners, entrepreneur meetups, all that stuff. Because Hold on. You're a college student and you're skipping 60% of your classes because you're yeah. going to 
investor dinners and entrepreneur events. I didn't yeah. even know what entrepreneurship was until I was like 25. How did you get to this place? Yeah. And, and I will say I wasn't invited to all of those. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's awesome. I'll leave it at that. But I came to New York just to kind of make it here and like, quote unquote, make it here in New York. I mean, Alicia Keys song, Empire State of Mind, her version, you know, by herself on the iHeartRadio version, it, it always brings tears to my eyes because it's kind of like my theme song or was my theme song 10 years ago moving into New York. And I also believe in the law of attraction. So the way you treat people, the way you think, the kinds of people you end up meeting, it all happens for a reason. And I just ended up meeting some very interesting people and they introduced me to their mentors and their friends and one thing led to the other. And I would always find myself, you know, in a position to talk to people who eventually became investors, customers, advisors, mentors, and, and that just happened again and again and again. I mean, I just came back from a dinner yesterday at an event. One of my friends from Georgia was hosting. He's looking to move back to New York. And it just happens to be I probably had one of the most interesting, intellectually, you know, stimulating, spiritually stimulating conversations with so many people in a small group, in a small environment. And that's probably what we were craving, right? Especially yeah. today, coming out of 2020, we're craving IRL situations and real life situations where we can have those conversations. And I would have them on a daily basis. Sometimes many times I would go to like three different events a day. <laughs> well, you're just, you know, early entrepreneur days. I think you were in college still days sound really, really fascinating. So did you get your degree? You know, what were you doing mm -hmm. to pay the bills? Yeah, so I my degree was it's a small business entrepreneurship degree. Okay. And so that was the name of it. In terms of paying for lifestyle here in New York, I was making a whopping nine hundred a thousand a month. I mean, I was living off of that, running an agency, a small social media agency, working wow. with startups. Yeah, and that led me to my next company, which we raised just under a million dollars for to build it out. And so, uh, tell me a little bit about that company because you're going. There's a big gap here, right? You're making mm -hmm. nine hundred a thousand a month, and actually living in New York City, which is a miracle in and of itself. But you mm -hmm. go from that small income to launching a startup and raising just under a million for mm -hmm. it. How do you get from that first point to that second point? So the social media agency really a allowed me to network, a allowed me to meet new people, a allowed me to get into social media week, you know, advertising week, all these amazing things. Um, and obviously, I played the student card. So I would get in either for like, dollar pennies on the dollar or for free in most cases or i would then know someone who's on the board and they would invite me as a as a free ticket so there that's the power of networking right there and then i started realizing that you know project management working with people in a very creative fashion most tech companies are built by engineers for the most part or by people who have absolutely no taste in design and so we get clunky software and once in a while you'll get a steve jobs or an elon musk they'll completely reshift what it means to have a product in that category in this case cars or if you just saw the elon musk helicopter uh, helicopters or apples and things like that and we realized that software had uh, for project management was absolutely not designed for a creative mindset so we built some prototypes which for all intents and purposes if we held on to it would have turned into what monday.com is today or mural.co is or prezi was in the past we okay. were inspired by those kinds of technologies and we set out to build a platform where you could just drag and drop people together and files together and projects together on a beautiful canvas 
uh, with unlimited potential. And that's what we built, but we were way too early. So when you say you're too early, what does that mean? You know, was the consumer not ready for this product yet? The consumer was ready. We weren't ready to ship it. (laughs) Okay. Because we had probably hired the wrong engineers. We had probably raised the wrong kind of capital. We probably hadn't done enough due diligence into the customer, um, made enough wireframes. And obviously all of that lesson went into Hello Wolfie and making sure we're you know, getting that to, which is my current company, getting mm-hmm. it to this point. All of those lessons helped make better decisions down the road. You beat me to it. I was going to say, yeah. what did you learn, right? So <laughs> it seems like you learned a ton. Uh-huh. And was Hello Woofy kind of the next step? Did you go from the first startup to the second one? Well, at this point, I was on third, uh, startup number three. But yes, exactly. We went from that to saying, okay, we need to solve this other pain point for small businesses, which is mm-hmm. they need to build a community. They need to be seen more but they can't afford a WPP level agency, which is the biggest agency holding company in the world. You know, a coffee shop can't hire WPP and be able to, you know, compete with Starbucks all of a sudden. So I don't understand half of the things you just said. So explain <laughs> that to me. You said that's a specific agency or? It's a, it's a, yeah, WPP is a holding company. Think of it like, you know, uh, Procter & Gamble. And okay. they own multiple household brands underneath the, them. So WPP stands for World Plastic Products. It has nothing to do with that anymore. But Martin Sorrell, who's very famous in the industry, uh, Sir Martin Sorrell, <laughs> who's been on our show as well, if you, I think once or twice, he started that holding company year, decades ago, and then he ended up buying the largest advertising agencies in the world. But my point is, a coffee shop, a coach, a podcast, you know, the smallest of small businesses can't afford to a buy but also work with these agencies because they're charging tens of millions of dollars a year in working with them and they do some of the best creative work in the world so i said okay we need to do something to help these small businesses compete even just to have a little semblance of hope um, using artificial intelligence we have two patents issued now fully issued to, to the company and so essentially our motto is smart marketing for underdogs uh, we I love that, big- by the way. I've seen that on the website. and Because yeah. I think every small business feels like an underdog, right? Oh, yeah. There's not a lot of time. There's not a lot of money. There's not a lot of resources. And you just have to make the damn thing work. So that's such a brilliant tagline. And I can mm-hmm. see where it really resonates mm-hmm. with so many, so many business owners across the yeah. country. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, I tend to be very positive. So whenever I hear something not so positive, even, you know, like what I'm saying right now, I always spin it to be positive. So I would say there is a lot of content. There is a lot of time to be spent. There is a lot of, you know, storytelling to be done. But what small businesses need help with is packaging it, figuring Mm -hmm. out what is the perfect recipe of marketing content. It could be the combination of words, the emojis, the hashtags, even the images, they know their customer really well, but where they need help with is making sure that they're able to distribute that, the lowest hanging fruit being social media, but then also in through blogging so that they can be found in search engines. And the last part that we recently have been really emphasizing is audio marketing, specifically with smart speakers. And how do you get these small businesses to now start selling and promoting to their customers that desperately want to hear from them um, with their products and services, their content, their valuable content through their living room screens. You know, okay. TV screens. 
So I get two big questions, right? Okay. So I'm hearing distribution. I'm hearing social media. Yep. Quick and dirty. How do you describe what Hello Woofie does? Because yep. the tagline is brilliant, mm-hmm. but marketing for the underdogs is is broad. So what specifically yep. does Hello Woofie do? Yeah. So Hello Woofie, as soon as you come into the platform, we like to say as soon as you start typing a post, it automatically starts completing it for you. Mm-hmm. So for example, if you start typing in, you know, how, it'll start giving you suggestions of, oh, do you mean how much? Or if you start typing in H-O-W space A and anticipating you're going to write, how are you? It already starts giving you the recommendation for R and E and the word R and then U at the end with a question mark. So, And is that the AI? Yes, that's okay. the artificial intelligence. So if you have a fully issued patent around the ability to autocomplete, plus give you the perfect emoji. So as you're typing away, it'll start figuring out, okay, based on hundreds of millions of conversations, what emojis to give you as suggestions. If you double click on a hashtag or you start typing a hashtag, it'll start suggesting other hashtags for you as well. Now on the point of the emoji, it may seem very inconsequential, but at the end of the day, what why this is so important for you is because emojis tend to drive anywhere from 50 to 60% uplift in engagement and 60 to 70% uplift in purchase intent. People are willing to buy more. When you use emojis. Yes. If you like, take a look at emoji trend report, um, there are two years of research from Adobe that have come out now, 2019, and one report does, just came out this year. And they both show significant adoption of, you know, when you adopt emojis, significant uplift in engagement and purchase intent. So we literally mapped out the entire language, which we believe is a living and breathing organism. Mm-hmm. And it has multiple pieces to it, obviously. And so we're helping small business figure out what goes well with one another. I love that. Okay. So that is just a differentiator in and of itself, right? So yep. let me backtrack and talk about distribution because yep. there's roughly a bazillion companies that do distribution for mm-hmm. social media posts. Oh, yeah. So you've already clearly defined the differentiator. Yeah. But why did you think that this was needed? You know, because there's a lot of companies that do that already. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, Elon Musk was asked the same question. He's you putting a piece of metal on four wheels and making a car? You're starting a car company? What? And he was like, no, we're starting an electric car company, which Mm -hmm. will have a network of chargers around the world where you'll be able to go from one spot to another eco-friendly and sustainably with safer technology, with better you know, performance and et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, in the history of how automobile industries, uh, you know, changed over the last few years is is what it is. Mm-hmm. No one believed Elon back in the day that he was going to make a beautiful, powerful, scalable car company. And, and obviously, obviously he, he did the damn thing. He did the he did that. Yes. And he put his own money there. And, and we were in the same situation as well. We said social media marketing has to be easier, has to be smarter. And people were like, you're going to build wide another Hootsuite, another buffer. There's so many, right. there's so many around there. Right. So then we said, no, we're going to build a platform that is beautiful. It's intelligent. It's the cheapest, you know, in terms of most affordable in the industry. Um, and then we set out, obviously I put in my own capital, about $170,000, 120 in credit cards, 50 in cash to get this company to this point. And then we said, okay, now that we have patents, we have two fully issued patents, which by the way, is two more than our biggest competitor. <laughs> we then said, okay, we know that small businesses are not being seen when they then people are looking for their services or their products online. So we need to fix that part as well. We can call it journal. And so you can use the exact same technology and then create content for blogs. And then 
actually schedule the blog posts to Medium, WordPress, soon Shopify, Wix, Tumblr, and Blogger as well. And none of, I don't know, I don't understand at all why our competitors don't do this. I really don't. But they don't allow you to schedule content to their blogs. We do. You can schedule it for this evening. You can schedule it for next year. It doesn't matter to us. Schedule it so you can appear in search results. And then we said, okay, we can just stop there. We got to keep going. So we then realized that audio marketing with smart speakers, I don't know if you know this, there are half a billion smart speakers in the world. That's more than the entire population of the United States and continue to grow, by the way. And, and the most growth was during 2020 because guess what? People were stuck at home. Now, most people also don't realize that if you're trying to build an app or a skill for these devices, mm-hmm. you can make one for a couple hundred dollars, a couple few thousand dollars, but they'll do like one command, you know, through Alexa, or maybe like two commands through Alexa. If you truly want to compete with Netflix and Hulu, these are beautiful, amazing broadcasting companies with a lot of manpower and capital behind them and obviously content, you are going to have to spend tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars to build an app or skill to then be able to broadcast to your audience. So we said, okay, we need to solve this problem. So we built a white label, uh, white label app and skill And you can just come in and say, hey, this is Shauna. I want to talk about marketing and I want to talk about podcasting. So I'm going to call it the Shauna's hacks, you know, marketing hacks skill. That's great. That's your title. You have a little description there. You give us your logo. We will automatically within five seconds, create an app or skill for you, submit it to Amazon. And guess what? Once you get approved by Amazon, all your audience has to do is say, A-L-E-X-A, download the Shauna marketing hacks app or skill. I'm so impressed that you just spelled that out and didn't say it out loud. (laughs) (laughs) And all of their devices in their homes will download it because it's one Google account, uh, one Amazon account for all of them, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Typically. And, And then all of a sudden you will be on their Fire TV in video and audio format saying, hey, this is a quick episode with Arjun talking about the top two trends for 2022 that you need to be focusing on. One is audio marketing on Clubhouse and the other one is audio marketing on smart speakers. Well, guess what? I am on a smart speaker right now. And if you want to learn more about taking this to the next level, click on that little link on the TV you see on the right side, because I schedule it using Hello Wolfie, and click on it and join my master class and watch the full episode. And then you can actually take the customer through the smart speaker to your website on their TV. Doesn't matter what kind of TV it is, it works for everything. And they can buy from you, listen to the episode, you know, subscribe to your channel or whatever. Now, it's like Billy Mays or whatever, whoever your favorite infomercial you know, <laughs> character is. You are the Billy Mays now. You are on your customer's TV saying, hey, this is content for you. And I designed it. And if you want you know, to learn more, click on the link, you know, hold up your phone, scan the screen and give me a call. And my sales reps are standing by to help you out. That's the technology. That's the power of audio marketing. This is really, really interesting. And one thing that I love about your platform, I was just talking to my co-founder at Odo about this today, but the way that we social media has changed, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we moved from Facebook to Twitter to where Instagram kind of became the platform of choice. Mm -hmm. And we went from text to visual and now it's audio and it's video. So, you know, people who are not doing TikTok or not engaging in reels or stories are really kind of adapting what they're doing in business to these formats that have evolved are really Mm -hmm. losing. So those are integrated in your platform as well. Yeah. And I have a theory, um, and at some point I'll do more research around this, but I have a theory which says with the advent of, you know, better hardware, faster data, or broadband or or internet access, whatever you want to call it, 
the startups that came about allowed for richer experiences. So obviously, we started with Friendster and MySpace back in the day. And then we had Pinterest and Instagram come along, which were all about being visual. So I call it frames per second and ways per second, which is how many frames can you see in a given period of time? Mm -hmm. in a given period of a unit of time and does the bandwidth allow you to see more or less and obviously in the beginning of history you could only see one image maybe a lot of text posts on facebook and then maybe one image and that's it but with the advent of pinterest that was the medium that was the language which is visual right it's all about images and then some text and then instagram came along and it was a limitless stream of images and then obviously eventually videos came along as well when obviously that was available And now TikTok is anything but that. It's all about videos and limitless videos that you can just scroll for hours and it'll just play frames per second, which is obviously we call videos. And now what you're seeing also with TikTok and with Clubhouse is that waves per second, the ability to have audio, more audio to be consumed, obviously with podcasting as an example as well, that's converging mediums, the visual medium, which is frames per second, and the audio medium, which is audio waves per second. It's coming together and forming video opportunities. So Clubhouse Mm -hmm. is just another example of where we're going. Smart speakers, just another example of how civilization is just moving forward to a point where we can do some really rich experiences. And while it's great for big companies, we have to let the underdogs get in on that. And that's where we come in. It's so true. And everything that you've shared is so smart. And I love that you've built a platform that allows the underdogs to play at this particular game with marketing. Mm -hmm. So let's backtrack a little bit because you had talked about investing a ton of your own money into Mm -hmm. actually bringing this project to life. So most of us know that it's going to take some funding, whether it's bootstrapped or we're getting VC or angel investment to really scale the company. What was your plan? Hmm. You invested all that money. How did you scale up to really increase your user base? (laughs) As far as the plan is concerned, we didn't have one. I just put down a new credit card every month (laughs) to to keep going because I knew that this had to exist and that we had to have an impact on small businesses. And so We kept chugging along and kept moving forward. Now, when it came to finding the right customers, we also tried literally everything and anything. There's a great book by or called Traction, but I think it's called Daniel Weisberg is his name. But the Traction book, we tried podcasting, we tried different kinds of, but it's called Traction by Gabriel Weinberg and Justin Mayers. It talks about how you can have like newsletters, you can have social media, paid social media, all these amazing ways to reach your customers. He tried everything. But the one thing that did really well for us actually in back in 2019 is when we launched the company with AppSumo's help. And uh, if you if, for people who don't know what AppSumo is, it's kind of like the QVC of the home shopping network of the internet. They do flash sales with software companies. And so we launched with them towards the end of that year in 2019. And uh, immediately we did about twenty, thirty thousand dollars Another a few weeks later, we did about another $30,000 in revenue. And we were able to figure out exactly our demographic because they have like a million users that constantly buy software products from them anyways. So we were able to identify about 1,200 customers that, you know, have bought our software and do lookalike audiences off of that and obviously run retargeting ads off of that to then be able to you know, build more, find more customers similar to them. Now, the way we were able to capture that traffic from Facebook when we were running advertisements on them and uh, is by putting together a funnel. 
Now, we, our funnel was very simple. It was, you know, you had one plan and we were talking about the benefits of the product. We had some testimonials on there. We had me on there welcoming you and thanking you for the opportunity to, you know, uh, give you this, that build a software for you and whatnot. And we realized that quickly we were doing about $10,000, $14,000 a month through that one funnel, which cost me maybe like $100 to put together on WordPress. Okay, um, so we- hold on. Talk to me about how you built a $100 funnel on WordPress. So yeah, the top of the funnel is that you, is it AppSumo or is it the retargeting ads? You're driving traffic through the ads? Yeah, so once we ended our AppSumo relationship around February of 2020, mm-hmm. and then we had this data obviously of you know customers that had paid uh, to use our product and whatnot. And so from that point on, AppSumo was done. We had to be you know generating revenue on our own. And so we started working with a marketer who taught us everything about retargeting and building lookalike audiences and whatnot. But the page where people were buying from was not AppSumo. It was our own website, our own funnel. AppSumo had built their own funnel as well. I mean, they do it on the fly. But in our case, we had to build one specifically from our site, not as a reseller. So you now are getting traffic by running these retargeting ads. Tell me how this $100 was spent to build this funnel. Yeah, so we went on Fiverr, which for people who don't know what Fiverr is, it's a marketplace of talent, freelancers from all over the world. You can literally find anything you need help with on there, um, whether it's you know, graphic design, copywriting. So we obviously found a series of great WordPress developers out of Central Asia who were able to help us modify the WordPress site into exactly what it needed to look like in order to be a quote-unquote funnel. And so we spent like $100. It took him like maybe a couple of hours to put together. And that's what we ran with. We use WooCommerce on the back end to do all the e-commerce sales and transactions. We use a plugin for serial codes. So we gen- our back end generated codes. And every time someone would buy something, they would get a code to activate their account. We had an affiliate program that was billed for a whopping $50 using something called Yith, which is Y-I-T-H. And until this day, we use that for all our affiliate tracking. That's awesome. Yeah. So my point is between Fiverr and WordPress plugins and whatnot, we probably spend like $4,000 in the last three and a half, four years on the WordPress side overall to do everything. So you're talking a lot about the technology, but what Mm -hmm. did the actual, like if someone wanted to replicate this funnel, what did it actually look like? So you're driving traffic through ads and then they get to the website and are they opting in for a demo or some other kind of lead magnet? Like what's the steps that your customers took? So there are two options. One is see limited time pricing and one is schedule a demo. And so to your point, you can either schedule a free demo using Calendly, which is fully automated. And there are certain ways to use Calendly, which we won't get into right now, but it allows you to automate the entire demo process whatsoever. And then the second button is see limited time pricing, which takes you to hellowoofy.com forward slash hello dash woofy. And on the top of the page, it says smart marketing for underdogs. It has a video of me welcoming you to the page and to the company um, and telling you why you should t- you know, take ownership of your digital marketing efforts. So it's a video that plays automatically. And then you scroll down, you see benefits uh, you know, of what happens when you use our platform versus when you don't use our platform. Scroll down even further. There are four videos, uh, three women entrepreneurs, one coach, a guy coach that talks about, you know, how we've completely transformed their businesses from nothing to where they are today using Hello Wolfie. And then when you scroll down even further, we have a demo of the smart speaker scheduler, the audio marketing. And then when you scroll down further, you see the pricing tiers. So it's a very like 
honed in sales page, essentially. It's a little lengthy. I had to reset my mind after reading Russell Brunson's books, uh, who's the founder of ClickFunnels, that long form content actually does better, even though you think that short form content would do better. It's not true. People want more information. People want more testimonials. People want more details. People want to watch the videos. They want the details on the prices. And so if you take a look at our funnel today, it's several scrolls long and it performs. I mean, we're doing 50000 a month in revenue now um, off of that one funnel alone. So I hope that answers your question in terms of what goes into that specifically in that long page. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing because that is something that a founder listening could replicate, right? Yeah. They're like, okay, I need to do retargeting ads to my landing page and I can offer a demo or I can offer this and, you know, here's kind of how I lay out the landing page. So Mm -hmm. that is super exciting. Yeah. Tell me what is next for Hello Woofy? Because you've done some pretty big things. You've had some pretty big accomplishments so far. If you take a look at our comparison in terms of what we offer versus our competition, we have the you know the usual X's and check marks and everything, and uh, it, it's so surprising. You know, I mentioned earlier on the, this interview that they haven't been focusing on blogging, and so we build a product around that. They haven't been focusing on smart speakers, even though they are whopping 500 million speakers around the world. They're not making it easier for small business to reach them. So we're we're doing that. We're now getting into Google Web Stories, which is the ability to rank extremely well using visual stories, which is kind of like an Instagram product, but it literally will appear in search results under your domain. And none of our competitors are doing that. So we're, we're getting into that. I guess my point is, call us futurists or just call us people on a mission to help small businesses. And we want to build the biggest company helping the smallest, whatever you want to call us. We're always going to be cutting edge. We're always going to be producing the best technology at the most affordable prices for underdogs. But I think where we're coming from is that other founders need to start understanding that what is next for them has to include the customer. It can't just be about building wealth for specific you know, shareholders, specific investors. It has to be also making sure that you're having an impact for your customers. So in our, in, to that end, majority of our funding came through equity crowdfunding and our customers kept putting in money into our company and getting shares for that. So they own a piece of it for as low as $100. And we raised about $800,000 out of the 1.3 million that we've raised so far. That's amazing. Which platform did you use? We used um, Republic in the beginning, republic.co, which is a great company by Ken. WeFunder is what we've been using in 2021. Okay. We did one campaign early this year and we're on our fourth campaign now, which has been around for like a couple of weeks now. We just raised 60 grand down there. That's the kind of mindset that I always recommend on. And I always talk about this on Clubhouse is founders need to give a piece of their success to the very people been a part of that journey and not just the investors. I'm talking about the customers, the advisors, the mentors, especially the employees or contractors or freelancers, whatever you want to call them uh, mm-hmm. along the journey. And I think that's just a, an awakening we're having as a society that, you know, you're seeing more B Corps, you're seeing more social impact, you're seeing principles actually hanging in walls of offices where you have a certain mission or to the world and it's all coming together. So what's next for us is beyond the technology is just building a very strong community of underdogs. That's amazing. I loved hearing your story so much. Tell me what being a startup renegade means to you. It means that you're doing things unconventionally. And obviously, as a startup, you have the wherewithal and the freedom to run 90,000 miles an hour in order to see a vision through. And I think we're doing that from a marketing standpoint. We're doing it, I guess, as a platform perspective, but we're also doing it from a mindset perspective, from a spirituality perspective, where we hope that other founders that come along will look at this as an example of how companies should be built with the very people that you set out to help and with a cause. 
I love it. Thank you so much. Where can people find you and Hello Wolfie online? Well, I was going to say you can find us in New York City uh, most of the time, but uh, online, just HelloWolfie.com, H-E-L-L-O-W-O-O-F-Y.com. And if you go there on the website, you'll see my emails there. My phone number is public. Um, my email address, everything is on there, all my contact information. But I think the, the number one ask is, tell me and my team, what are the features that you're looking for that would completely transform your life as an underdog? How can we build that into our platform so that we can have a thousand times more impact with other small businesses? So tell me your story. Tell me the recommendations you have. We can do it through our Facebook group, Content Masters. And you can also join the company as far as a, as an investor for as low as $100. You can go to wefunder.com forward slash Hello, Wolfie, and learn about how you can invest as low as $100 and be a part of this rocket ship. That sounds amazing. So underdogs unite, right? Head over yep. there. Let Arjun know what's up, how he can support you. And, you know, we can move into this next phase of social media together. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Virtual hugs. That was this week's episode of Startup Renegades. Thank you so much for joining me and soaking up all that brilliant entrepreneurial knowledge from today's guest. If you want to suggest a founder for a future episode or just want to connect, you can find me on Instagram at shauna.armitage. That's S-H-A-U-N-A dot A-R-M-I-T-A-G-E. And just a little reminder, if you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen. It makes a huge difference and it's so important for helping the show thrive. I'll be here same time next Tuesday for a raw, honest conversation with another startup renegade.